Welcome to Why We Marathon, a podcast diving into the deep motivating factors for why people choose to run marathon races. I'm your host, Alex Elman. Today's episode features our third and final part of the Jeff Galloway interview series. In this episode, we chat about Jeff's legendary coaching program and how he's worked with over 300,000 runners around the world to reach their marathon goals. We cover Jeff's run-walk-run method and other tips he recommends to help marathon runners prepare for their big race. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy part three with Jeff Galloway. Let's transition and um, sort of um, you know move the next section of the podcast into what you're doing now, because I think you know, you're one of my first guests that is really a true expert coach here. So, you know, I want you to give a quick synopsis of the Jeff Galloway program, the run walk method and what you've been doing, you know, the past lot of years, <laughs> past 30 years, would you say? Um, I started coaching 50 years ago, 50 years ago. Okay. I underestimated yeah, that right. the year after the Olympics is when I opened my Fidipides store. And, uh, and first of all, in uh, Tallahassee and, and then and now in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the uh, fact was that the economics wouldn't support a running store back in 1973 and 75. So I had to do other things. And I started putting on training programs out of the store and doing coaching and then putting on events and uh, having uh, retreats in uh, Carmel and uh, Lake Tahoe and, and Florida and so forth. And the sum total of all that kept the store running and, and I was able to pay salaries and so forth. Um, but the uh, bottom line is that I got more satisfaction out of coaching people. And uh, to this day, uh, either online or via email or whatever, I've heard back from over half a million runners. Wow. And that's a it, staggering this, this number volume of people. Just, just, it just collects. Uh, I've averaged over a hundred emails a day for the last 35 years. And so people have a problem. I give them an answer and, and over half a million have gotten back to me and said, here's how it worked or here's how it didn't work. And, and so this is what steers the evolution of my program and you'll find that in all of my books and, and uh, uh, my clinics and what really gives me the greatest thrill to be able to help someone. And I'm able to do it every single day, multiple times a day. It's, it's just really a wonderful thing because if you can help someone uh, change the quality of their life, uh, and especially if it's something in the area of fitness and running, you change body, mind, and spirit. You change brain and, and heart and cardiovascular system, physiology, uh, orthopedics. You, you get the whole package all at once. And, and this is what my life's force is. Uh, and I've been able to... Uh, because of the feedback that I get from people, I've been able to find what works and then keep evolving the process. So the method is, first of all, based on mental training methods, which you'll find in my mental training book, uh, cognitive methods. You have, we all have two brain operating systems. One is 
is the ancient subconscious emotional brain. And the other one is the human brain that's cognitive. And every time we run or do anything in life, we have the option to put one of those brain operating systems in control of what we're doing. And if we choose to use the cognitive brain, the human brain, then we're in control over what happens. But if we allow the emotional brain to be in control, then as stress builds up, we, the, the ancient brain starts secreting anxiety hormones and we're less motivated. And then if the stress builds higher, the negative hormones come on and we feel like quitting or we quit. And this never has to happen if you have a strategy. The Galloway program is all about strategies. It's about having a few key principles that give each person control over their training. In terms of uh, building endurance, it's simple. You gradually increase the length of a very, very slow, long run with lots of walking up to at least the distance of the race that you want to do. And, uh, yeah, you only you know, Jeff, I'm curious about that. Um, you know, a few people have mentioned that you do recommend running, you know, 26 miles before a marathon when a lot of other training programs usually stop at, you know, 20, give or take what sort of the reasoning behind that. Very, very simple research showing that those who run 20 miles, and uh, then convert to our program of building up to 26, improve an average of 15 minutes. Do you want to wow. get that extra 15 minutes? It's all about whether you have strength in your legs over the last six miles of the race. That's where the race really is. If you've only gone 20 miles, guess what happens in the last six miles? You slow down. It averages about 15 minutes. So that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a great point. And I've run most of my marathons training up to 20 and boy, those last six miles, I'm feeling it in my quads, my hamstrings, and you'll see on my board behind me, my fastest is four eleven. So I'm going to take you up on your training method and get that under four this year. Well, you could, uh, the other way, the other statistic that may surprise you is for a time goal, we actually have found that going up to 29 miles uh, helps even more. And so the difference between a 26 mile longest run and a 29 mile longest run is an average of 11 more minutes of time improvement. So there's a huge chunk of time just by increasing the length of a very slow long run. And you only have to do those really long, long runs at the end of the program every three weeks. And that probably also mentally helps you, you know, sort of eliminate that fear that you can't do 26 because you've already done it in training. Absolutely correct. That's amazing. Now, Jeff, you're also very well known for the walk, run, walk method. Can we, can you shed some light on that and sort of what the, the rationale is behind that and even just sort of the basics of it? Yeah. And, you know, the bottom line on the Galloway program is that most of the components that help you improve do not involve run, walk, run. The longer long runs, the way that we do speed work, the running form drills that make you smoother and make you more efficient, and a whole host of other cognitive tools that you can do, you can use to gain control over your training. But the run, walk, run has actually been the very best uh, method for avoiding injuries for being able to get that 
another extra boost of time improvement as much as 13 minutes on the average when nonstop runners convert and find the right run, walk, run. So here's the deal. Um, I cite a book called The Story of the Human Body by an evolutionary biologist, uh, Daniel Lieberman. And uh, basically what he does very methodically with research uh, in showing how our ancestors were mostly long endurance walkers that they really didn't do very much running. Uh, they would either run away from a predator or to be able to uh, go in on a hunt uh, about uh, 2 million to 1 million years ago. So running was part of our ancestry, but in short segments. And uh, we weren't designed to run nonstop. And that's the reason why there's so many injuries among nonstop runners. Uh, it, it's, it's it, depending on how long you run, 100% rate of injury because we're not designed to run nonstop. Now, the good news is that if you have the right run, walk, run, you can improve an average of around 13 minutes and uh, you're not beaten up. You, you don't have to ever get injured because you can keep adjusting your run, walk, run. Uh, before I started using it myself in 1978, I was injured about every three weeks. But since 1978, that's 43 years now, I've not had a single running injury. And I don't even knock on wood anymore because if I get any little irritation, I just adjust my run, walk, run. Irritation goes away. Wow. And I'm just running along. And That's I'm amazing. Five years old, and uh, until COVID hit, my wife and I were running about a marathon every month. That is amazing, and I think you know proves that running can be a longevity sport. You know, it doesn't need to just be, you know, young age. Um, and I'm always amazed when I see older runners out there. It's a true inspiration, you know, because I'm 30 years old and I see someone twice or three times my age running. I, I need to finish this race. You know, if, if they're doing it, I could do it as well. And clearly your method is working, preventing injuries, um, and, you know, really just helping people improve their times. And is there a specific time, you know, people should walk and run, you know, either during the race or, um, you know, a specific amount of time. It's all based on the data that we've collected from those over half a million people who have gotten back in touch with me. It's been tabulated and, um, we found that the maximum amount of walking uh, that bestows the greatest benefit is 30 seconds. So we have oriented all of our run, walk, run amounts to that. But we go by the data. And what we found is that as the pace slows down, you take the walk breaks more frequently and you don't run as far. So I'll just go through some spot checks here. For an eight minute per mile pace, uh, the standard is to run four minutes and walk 30 seconds, or to run three minutes and walk 20 seconds. At nine minutes per mile, it's run two minutes and walk 30 seconds, or 90-30. At 10 minutes per mile, it's either 90 seconds run, 30 seconds walk, or 60-30. At 11 and 12 minutes per mile, it's uh, 
60-30, 45-30, or 30-30, in uh, 13 and 14 minutes per mile, it's 30-30, 20-20, or 15-15. When you go to 15 minutes per mile, run 15 seconds and walk 30. And with a 16 minute per mile, which is the uh, balloon lady pace in the Disney races, it's run 10 seconds and walk 30. Gotcha. So it really depends on your goals, what you're doing, your body type. Um, you know, so that, that's great information, Jeff. And, and for all of our listeners out there, you could always visit jeffgalloway.com for all the latest info. Great newsletter. Jeff has his own podcast as well and a great Facebook page. So all good spots uh, to follow Jeff. Now I am curious, you, you mentioned a few hotter races there early on in, in your career. What would you recommend for runners, you know, that sort of show up to a race and it's, you know, absurdly hot that day that they might not be expecting what are what are some tips that you uh, might have for folks first of all um, the slowdown that uh, occurs due to heat starts at around 55 degrees fahrenheit uh, about uh, 15 degrees centigrade and uh, the slowdown which i've studied tends to be 30 seconds a mile slower for every five degrees of temperature increase above either 55 or 60. Those who live year round in hot conditions don't have to start that slowdown until 60 degrees, but those who are primarily used to cold weather running should start the slowdown at 55 degrees. Uh, but it, it's significant if you don't slow down, then your body is gonna overheat and it's very dangerous. Uh, so the first thing is to adhere to that. The second thing, which is right alongside the slowdown, is you need to find the right run-walk-run. And realize that on a hot day in, in a race situation, you will not run as fast at 65 or 70, and certainly hotter than that, than you could run at 60. And this is where people get into trouble. They lose it. They think, oh, well, I've trained this six month period. I've got to really give it everything I have. And they wind up in the medical tent. And sadly, a few of them die every year because heat is the number one cause of death in running and it's way ahead of second place. And sadly, it's often the younger and the more fit people that die because they are able to push themselves further into heat exhaustion and then everything gives out at once. The uh, less conditioned people and the older people, the leg muscles give out before the cardiovascular system and the other uh, issues occur. So it's, it's a dangerous thing, slow down. The second thing is to pour water over the top of your head and uh, do that quite often. Uh, soak your singlet and uh, that is the best cool off device. And don't overdrink. You definitely need to drink. Uh, our um, fluid uh, issue, our uh, rule of thumb, is every two miles, two to four ounces of water, and and then thirty to forty calories of sugar. But it's every two miles. And there's a condition called hyponatremia that is induced during hot weather that causes death because people drink too much, and uh, the too much has been cited as 20 ounces or more per hour. 
Gotcha. So there's a fine line there and um, great recommendations on that front, Jeff. I really appreciate it because we, you know, we're about to hit summer here. A lot of the podcast listeners are going to be out there and probably, you know, dealing with 80, 90 degree weather across the country, maybe even the hundred. So excellent tips there. I am curious, you know, you come from a, uh, a great background uh, with your store in Atlanta. What kind of shoes do you wear? Sneaker recommendations and overall gear? You know, are you you sort of come from this earlier generation of running that probably didn't have all these fancy bells and whistles. So what's your what's your go to on the gear side, sneakers, technology, apps, all that good stuff? No, just just behind me. As a matter of fact, I, I've got to show you, Alex, my very first shoe that I wore. Oh, that's amazing. Let's let's check this out. Jeff's about to pull out the very first shoe he wore running. And I love how he kept it. Uh, I think that's always a great thing about marathon races, by the way, souvenirs. I always keep my bibs. Um, sometimes I'll even keep a sign that a family or friend made for me. Always a nice little keepsake to have. Okay, Alex. I'm get, I've, I've got a microphone that I use now just to, so that the clarity is better. So I'll get it situated. Okay. And uh, here it is. Wow. What do we got? A classic Adidas shoe there? Nope. It's a Converse shoe. Oh, it's Converse. It looks like with the three yeah. stripes there. It looks like Adidas. That's interesting. That's before they got the trademark on it. Wow. And was this before you met Bill that you were wearing oh, yeah. Converse's? Oh, yeah. This was 1958. That's when I started running. Wow. 1958 shoe. So tell us a little bit about this shoe. It looks pretty thin, pretty small. Well, I, I started running as a very overweight, lazy kid. And oh, I that's, did... that's very similar to my story, Jeff. I started out at 280 pounds and uh, running really changed my life physically. So that's amazing to hear from, from you as well. I can identify with you and I can identify with every out of shape, lazy person that hates running or hates exercise. That's the way I was. But a school requirement required me to go out for athletics. And I fell in with a group of cross country runners that were funny. So I liked to hang out with them. And reluctantly, I joined a winter cross country team, which the first few days really hurt, but I got hooked uh, on the way I felt after the workout and the friendships and all the wonderful things that happened. Uh, when I researched my mental training book, I discovered the research showing that running turns on the brain circuits for a better attitude, more vitality, and personal empowerment better than anything else in life. And this happened to me right away. And it's continued. To That's amazing. Day, uh, 63 years later now. So, you know, th this is where it happened. And this shoe was just a shoe that... Uh, was available at the only sports store, all sports store that was uh, in our community for running. That's and amazing. Do you, do you have the other pair, the other side or just one foot? I have the other uh, shoe in my store, my Fidipity store. Oh, very cool. In Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. That's uh, I'll have to stop by next time I'm in Atlanta for sure. That sounds amazing. Now, now what do you wear today? Well, um, my son, Weston, worked for ASICS until a little over a year ago. And uh, 
he uh, was married, he got married and he moved to be closer to his wife, to be with his wife because he was traveling all over the world. Uh, he was a shoe designer for ASICs, but because he was very up on uh, what were the shoes that were coming out and because he also knew very well what my feet needed, uh, he supplied me with, with shoes and basically I uh, use a variety of ASICs shoes to this day, although since he has left, I will go to the store and experiment with some of the new ones that come in. That's funny. You finally have, have a chance to branch out, but um, it's, it's also amazing. Your son is following in your footsteps. I'm sure he picked up a lot, you know, back in the day at Fidipides as well. From the time that he could crawl, he was crawling around the floor, pulling <laughs> shoes off off the rack and he really did become a shoe junkie uh but uh it uh, served him well and uh, i'm sure he will get another job in that industry when things open up again right now they're really not hiring definitely yeah, it's a tough time out there for everyone right now um and now jeff i am curious any other gear that you wear in terms of like watches or um you know any sort of apps that you love out there for keeping track of your runs well, I, um, I, I'm sort of old school, but I love Garmin. Uh, I, I've actually done some uh, training for Garmin. They have my, uh, my coaching programs uh, there. Um, so anyway, uh, but I use Garmin and I also, just for health purposes, uh, shoot for about 20,000 steps a day and uh, and I do it uh, about every hour. You know, I, I, I'm totally convinced that it's best to keep moving some a little bit every hour and not be sitting for two or three hours at a time. Um, and so I practice what I preach and uh, I feel better for it, quite honestly. Definitely. Uh, Everyone but, should be getting away from their desk and their laptop a little bit during the day. But the Garmin uh, does me a lot of good. So I use that. Excellent. All right. And now uh, we'll wrap up this amazing interview, Jeff, with two last questions here. This is one of my favorites. I'm just a huge junkie for signs on the course. I love seeing a good sign. It always keeps me motivated. Do you have any that you, you love out there? One that makes you laugh maybe, or just keep, kept you going in a race? Well, a lot of those are spontaneous. Um, and, uh, and I really can't tell you one that, that has really hit in that area because you're right. I've seen thousands of them. But I'm sure you've seen pretty much all of them at, you know, all the races that you've run. And also, you know, you're probably a bit more focused on the course during your elite days, right? Where you might not be looking at signs. Well, that's for sure. Uh, staying cognitive as much as I can. That's, that's one thing that helped me a lot. Amazing. And uh, Jeff, we end every interview. The podcast is called Why We Marathon. In a two to three sentences, can you just sort of sum up the crux of why you run marathon races? As opposed to other running goals, the marathon causes you to have to dig deeper and find resources inside of yourself that often you didn't know were there. And as a result of doing that regularly, you transform your brain and you transform the way you think of yourself. Uh, in this process, you will be able 
to do things in life that, that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And uh, uh, I truly believe that uh, running a long event, whatever you determine to be a long event, uh, about every month or two is as long as you keep things under control with something like my method of run, walk, run, can allow you to be sharp until you're 100. And that's my goal. I love that goal, Jeff. I love the longevity, all of the tips, everything you've done for the running community. Truly incredible. You know, still still running and um, doing co amazing coaching at your age. It's just unbelievable. Really a true inspiration to me and I think many of our listeners out there. So thank you so much for joining me today, Jeff. Really, it's been an honor. Um, you can visit Jeff's website, jeffgalloway.com for some more coaching tips and tons of information on running. Um, pretty much everything you would need is probably on that website. And Jeff also just launched a new podcast called You Can Do It with his son Weston already has a bunch of good guests on there as well so if you're looking for another podcast about running check out you can do it with Jeff Galloway thanks again for joining me Jeff I really appreciate it Alex I do have one more thing I want to offer your listeners a chance to ask any questions of me you can just simply go to my email address which is jfg at jeffgalloway.com and we have a lot of wonderful promotions out there. We're doing a really nice training program with Charge Running. So check us out. And I'd love to see you at a retreat sometime. I'll, I'll definitely be at the next one I can make, Jeff. Uh, maybe one in LA or New York or somewhere around the world. I, I love running, taking me all, everywhere. And um, I will include your email in the show notes as well for all of our listeners out there. And of course, you could always visit Jeff's website for more information. So thank you again, Jeff. This has been an amazing interview. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Alex, you do a great job. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Why We Marathon. Please rate and review our podcast and share episodes with your friends and family. You can follow us on Instagram at Why We Marathon to see additional stories, photos, and recaps of each episode. You can also visit www.whywemarathon.com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy listening to these amazing stories of human perseverance.